0: Psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is no better place to be on a Sunday than to be in church and just greet a person next to you. Tell them you've done well to be in church this day. Amen. And we've started this year talking about the presence of God. And we had a series about the presence of God for all the past few weeks. So today I just want to share with you something that's very closely related to that. Maybe just as an introduction, do you know that when God created human beings, he created them to be like him? You remember when God in the book of Genesis said, let us make man in our image. Let us make them to be like us. Let them have dominion. That's God's thoughts about human beings. But then you will tell me, but pastor, it looks like we are not like God now. Pastor, it seems like we don't have authority like God has now. What went wrong? And I like it that whatever went wrong when Adam gave up the authority and submitted himself to the enemy, God restored that for us in Christ, that I just want to say to you, do you know that if you are a child of God, if you are a Christian, if you are not then, unfortunately you are still under the authority of the enemy, but if you are a child of God, do you know that you've got God's nature in you? Do you know that you've got God's power in you? Do you know that you can speak to situations as if it's God speaking to them? Amen. Amen. And you are so precious to God that he even gave his angels charge over you to protect you because you are an ambassador of his kingdom. Amen. I actually think of it this way. To me, it's very simple. Do you know that when I'm a pastor and whatever you are to the kingdom of God, I'm valuable to the kingdom of God. So if the enemy wants to attack me and destroy my life, don't you think that's a loss for the kingdom? Huh? And all of you who are serving God diligently, don't you think if the enemy attacks you and destroys destroys your life, either kills you or whatever he does with your life, don't you think it's a loss for the kingdom of God? We know you will still get to you getting to heaven and you enjoy eternity. I'm talking about here on earth because you had a work to do. So therefore, God took it upon Himself to provide angels to protect us. Amen. He said, "Those are my own." Devil, you can't touch them. Amen? And I want to show you that even when you are living here on the earth, you might face the same challenges with anybody else. But you are not ordinary if you are a child of God. Tell your neighbor you are sitting next to somebody who is not an ordinary person. And I'm not talking about your qualifications, your degrees, and your status in the community. The devil is not afraid of those. If you look at how God exposes even those that say they are learned, the devil will just play with you and show you that, no, I'm not interested in that. The only thing that the devil is afraid of is the Jesus in you. So if you are a child of God and you've got Jesus in you, you are not ordinary. Now I want us to start in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. As you're going there, can I just give you an example? How many of you know an eagle? Okay? Some of you. Those who don't, you need to buy the pastor's book. The picture on the outside of the pastor's book is an eagle. So, an eagle is different from other birds because the eagle is that bird that sometimes you look and it's far, far up there and it's just like this. And other birds cannot do that. Other birds, they would be flying from one tree to the next, they want to rest. But an eagle is created with genes that makes it to be able to mount up high and not grow weary. That's why the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up high with wings like an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Which means when other birds or other human beings are fainting, You who wait upon the Lord, you will be like an eagle. And people will even wonder, are you living in the same world we are living in? And you say, Pastor, but that has not been the case in my life. That's why you are here today to hear how you can mount up with wings as an eagle. First John 5, 4, Mr. MJ, NIV. So I want you to look at the qualification. Why other birds get tired easily and the eagle doesn't? Similarly, why, as a Christian, you don't easily get tired. You don't easily get weary if you are waiting upon the Lord. It doesn't say you are not facing challenges. You just know how to handle them. How many of you, since you met me, you knew me, was there any day that you thought the pastor has a problem? Just asking you now, because I live with you. I'm not a television preacher that you see on the the television. You know me. So, how many of you have ever thought, it seems today, the pastor, we can see he's going through troubled times. You haven't seen that, isn't it? Have you? <laughs> Amen. And it doesn't mean that the Lord has got special packages for others and special packages for others. It means those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, They will mount up high with wings as an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not fade. It means things that make you weary will come. But if you know how to mount up high with wings like an eagle, you will not get tired. So look at that first John 5, 4 NIV.
1: For everyone born of God overcomes the world.
0: How many people overcome the world who are born of God? Everyone. Okay, but it's not every person. Did you see that verse? Yeah. That verse doesn't say every person overcomes the world. That's why many people are defeated. Who are those who overcome the world?
1: The one Everyone born
0: of, God. born of God. Now, I always like giving this example. Okay, this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. I like giving this example the other time I said to some of you, Why is a horse so fast? And people had many reasons. I said, it's because it's born of a horse. Amen? It's got a horse genes. So, if you've got God's nature, if you've got God's character, if you've got God's ability, then you will overcome the world. Amen? So, look at it with me in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 7-9, 7 to 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 to 9 ERV. <clears throat> then after that, I will give you the title of the message. But you're probably seeing that it seems there's something special in you if you are a child of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9 ERV, Mr. MJ.
1: We have this treasure from God.
0: Okay. It seems you've got something in you. Mm. It says we have this treasure from where?
1: From God.
0: Hey. If I can have a treasure from God, then I'm not ordinary. Mm. The treasure makes me a different person. Mm. We've got this treasure
1: from God. Eh? But we are only like clay jars that hold the treasure.
0: Oh, and I said why I like this verse is that our bodies are like clay jars, isn't it? You remember my illustration that some are well done, others are medium rare, (laughs) others are half done. But that's just a clay. The important thing is the treasure in the clay. Okay? And that treasure makes us not ordinary. Because there's something precious in me. That's why when God is protecting me, when God is preserving me, he's not only doing it for my sake, he's also doing it for his kingdom because He's got a tra- there is a treasure here. Amen.
1: Continue. This is to show that the amazing power we have is from God, not from us. So how much power do we have?
0: How much power do you have, child of God? Tell your neighbor, I've got an amazing power. I've got the power of God in me. And that power is amazing. Because even when troubles come, instead of us finding you under, we're always finding you coming up on top. The other time I gave some of you an example of a a balloon, a plastic ball, that a plastic ball has got something in it that doesn't allow it to stay under pressure. You can push a plastic ball In water push it down as long as you are holding it down it will go down but when you remove your hand it will always comes up why because there's something in it that doesn't allow it to lie down so you are like that as a child of God it means troubles may come your way but what does trouble have to do with my nature so it means when troubles come when I'm squeezed then look at this continue we have troubles all around us okay so we have troubles all around us, and some of you say, "Hallelujah, Pastor! I also have a lot of troubles." <laughs> but that's a comma point; yeah. it's not a full stop. Yeah. So you can't do "Hallelujah" now. Yes. You know, some of you say "Hallelujah" when you say, "We have troubles all around us." Hallelujah. <laughs> do you think that's a Hallelujah moment? No, 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 no. no Are you enjoying the troubles? I no, I want a butt. Mm. But we are not
1: defeated.
0: Yeah. Now I can say hallelujah. Amen. Can we say hallelujah? hallelujah? Amen. We have troubles all around us, but we are not defeated. Yeah. Some of you are here. You are seated here in church. You've got mountains of problems, yeah.
1: but you are here. Yeah. Amen. 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 Continue. We often don't know what to do, mm. but we don't give up. We hallelujah. We often don't know what to do, but we don't give up. Hallelujah. Amen. We are persecuted, but God does not leave us. Well, it seems you skipped. Okay, yeah, let's go there. Okay. We are persecuted, but God does not leave us. And then? We are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. Amen. Do you see that it's very difficult to be the devil?
0: It should be a hard task. (laughs) Because even when you're supposed to win, you put this person under pressure and we see that this person is supposed to give up. And they say, we don't give up. There's something in me that doesn't allow me to give up. So today I want to talk to you about Christ in me. That's what makes the difference. In other words, the Jesus factor in me, that's what distinguishes me from the world. If you take out Jesus from me, I become ordinary like anybody else. I will be afraid like anybody else. I will not be as bold like anybody else. I will be just like anybody else. I will even talk like anybody else. But with Jesus in me, I cannot afford to talk like the world. I've got the Jesus fact. Even when I face an issue, when you face a challenge, when you face it in your own might, you can feel discouraged, isn't it? You remember in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, when Jehoshaphat was facing armies that were three, three countries had gathered together and they were coming against one nation. So Jehoshaphat says, Lord, we have no power against these people. We don't even know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You see why I like the but. Some of you use but to go negative. Some of us use but to go positive because that's where we want to end. Amen. So he says, but our eyes are upon you. So if I've got Jesus in me, I've got what it takes to live in victory or here on the earth. Tell your neighbor I've got Jesus in me. That's what makes the difference. So go to it, Colossians 127 in Good News Translation because people will be saying, Why does it seem that this one is as if they are not living in the same world we are living in? They seem to be not afraid. They seem to be always happy. Do you know that sometimes some of you, the way you are so having the joy of God, that you are happy and that people don't know that you are going through things, isn't it? Huh? Because if we were to ask each of you here, starting here and go through, hey, you would say, how did you come to church with such mountains? But it's because you are a soldier. A na- your nature doesn't allow you to be bogged down. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You can stand even when there, are t- there is turmoil all around you. When there are storms around you, you sleep like Jesus in a boat. Yeah. So, read that Colossians 127 good news translation. This is the secret. So, the other time I told some of you, when we were growing up, I don't know, is that advert still there? I don't think it's still there. It was in some years back, for those of us who live some years back also. There was this advert, it was in that time, I think it used to be called, our vernacular radio was either called Radio Thoyando. no, I think it was still called Radio Venda, not Parapara, you guys are coming on late. It used to be called Radio Venda. Now they had this advert, they were looking at somebody's skin. And this skin was like, What's your secret? And they said, Chipiricho Veracagara, Escamel. So they were saying, The secret has come to the open. We were surprised why this person's skin is always like this.
1: So, similarly, listen to the secret God's plan is to make known his secret to his people. Did you hear that? God's plan is to make known his secret to his people. What is the secret? This, yeah. This rich and glorious secret which he, he has for all people. And the secret is that Christ is in you. Did, did you hear the secret?
0: Tell your neighbor that's the secret. That's why I'm still like this. That's why I'm still standing. Amen. If you were to be told what I've gone through, you wouldn't believe I would still be here. Some of you would have thought I would have committed suicide by now. But I'm still here. Why? There is a secret. So
1: repeat. And the secret is? Is that Christ is in you, mm -hmm. which means that you will share in the glory of God. Amen. So that is the secret. The secret is not
0: that I hold a certain position in the world. The secret is not that you've got certain money or you've got certain relatives and all that. The secret is Christ in me, the hope of glory. So if I've got Jesus in me, I've got a secret. Other people will be surprised. You mean you've gone through all that and you're still like this? What is your secret? Jesus in me. That's what makes the difference. And with that secret, it means I can be victorious all the time. Go with me to the book of 1 John chapter 3. So we're talking about Christ in me. And that's why I would never want to leave Christ out of my life. You remember the story I gave some of you about the donkey that was getting into Jerusalem and people were making, you remember, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they were... Making all the noises and laying the trees, leaves trees on the on branches so that the, the, that donkey can walk on them. If it was during our modern days, they would have used the red carpet. And the donkey would have thought, I'm so precious. <laughs> but it wasn't the donkey. That was precious, isn't it? What was precious? Jesus upon the donkey. So if that donkey was not sure, it should go there the next week without mm. Jesus then it would realize, actually, it wasn't me. That's what happens with some of you. Now you, are, you know that you are a child of God and you are in church, and you're very important. <laughs> Just leave Jesus. You will realize how ordinary you become. Mm. You will realize how ordinary you become. You come to a point where sometimes you even drink and sleep outside home because you are drunk. You become very ordinary. Without Jesus. Amen? But with Jesus, Jesus also makes us decent, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, I like Jesus because he also makes some of us look younger than we really are. But did you know that if you are under the management of the devil, he makes you look older than you really are? (laughs) The devil mismanages. You find somebody in his thirties, you think he's an old man. It just depends on what management you are under. Okay? So the devil mismanages. But with Jesus, you look fresher each day. And the good thing with Jesus is that if he can find you mismanaged by the devil and you were looking that old. When, now, when you are in Jesus, you start having a certain, a, a certain J woman. You start glowing. Why? Why? There is a secret now. There is Jesus now. Amen. Which is different one. If you take out Jesus from my life, then I become ordinary. Amen. Amen. So 1 John 3, 24, Amplified Classic. Let me read it. Because I didn't give it to you on time. All who keep his commandments will obey his orders and follow his plan, live and continue to live, to stay and abide in him and he in them. They let Christ be a home to them, and they are a home of Christ. You know where Christ lives? In me. Amen. 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 So when you need God's touch, come to me. Also you as a child of God. Any child of God, anyone born of, the world, of, of God, when you've got Jesus in you, you are not ordinary. Amen? Amen? And if you go to John 14, 20 to 23, Amplified Classic, Mr. MJ, I'll wait for you on this one. John 14, 20 to 23 is reiterating the same thing about the fact that Jesus is in God. God is in Jesus. Jesus is in us, we are in him, we are united with him. So when I'm with Jesus, I'm no ordinary person, and that's not boasting. It's because of the treasure in me. But if you take out the treasure, then I become ordinary. Amen? So, I always remember that story of... of, of, uh, of Samson I'll talk about it at the end when he said you remember he was a powerful man isn't it they said he would be tied sometimes with chains but the way he would break those chains you would break them like somebody like you have taken a, a piece of cotton and put it next to the fire and just take it off because of the extraordinary power he had and the wife was always asking him for the secret And after he revealed the secret, he said, if I've been a Nazarene from birth, and if my hair can be shaved, I like these words, I will become ordinary like anybody else. And indeed, you remember after he was shaved, and when they said, the Philistines are upon you, the Philistines are upon you, it's no longer (laughs) working. So there is this thing where when God is using you mightily, And then you allow your hair to be shaved. I'm talking about whatever source of your strength, which is Jesus in you. You will become ordinary. And you will think that the power is still there when it's no longer there. You will have to start making gimmicks in church to make people think that the power is still there, but it's no longer there. And it's very terrible to lose Jesus or to lose your secret because you sell yourself out. And you might even lose your eyes, like Samson. So that's why you have to protect the treasure that is in you. Some people will call you stupid because you don't go with them wherever they are going. You need to tell them, I'm protecting the treasure. Those ones are going there because they've got nothing to lose. Amen. Do you know people without treasure, people without goals, they've got nothing to lose.
1: John 14, 20 to 23, Amplified Classic, Mr. MJ. At that time, when that day comes, you'll know for yourselves that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I'm in you. But I like this thing. Where I
0: am, where Jesus is in me, and I'm in Jesus. This is also another way I get healed. For those of you who believe God for healing, I think of it this way. There's this scripture that says, the life of Jesus is also manifested in my mortal body. So if I'm in Jesus and Jesus is in me, <clears throat> and his power is flowing through my body, and there is sickness, there is cancer cell, there is disease, germ, or anything like that, the power of God in me should be strong enough to nullify the effect of that sickness. Amen? Amen. Because he's not just in me as a spectator. He is in me to manifest himself. So continue
1: reading verse 21. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Mm. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and will show, reveal... Manifest myself to him. I like this thing when God
0: reveals and manifests himself to me. So whatever thing, whatever I'm going through, he manifests himself through me and to me.
1: It means his power is in me. Continue. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. This is the part that
0: I shared with some of you. When it says, I will make myself real to him. Do you know that sometimes you've got this sense, you try to understand God. And you've got an imaginary figure of him. He says, I will make myself real to you. He wants you to experience him almost like Enoch walked with God. Almost like in the Garden of Eden when he would come looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? I want to fellowship with you. Amen. He makes himself real to you that even when he speaks to you, whether it's through the inner prompting, you are able to discern his voice. Amen? Whether he speaks to you through a vision, through a dream, you are able to discern his voice. So he makes himself real to you. Even when I'm believing God for something, when I'm exercising faith, there are things when I'm believing God, there are things when I'm trusting God and I'm believing God. To me, it's so real. The fact that Jesus is my healer, it's so real that I don't even have to think it. I know it. Amen? That's how we get healed. So, just like somebody who trusts in medical science, when you are given that medication, you trust that it will work, isn't it? That medication is real to you. And when you take it, You trust whatever you were told that this medication will work like this and this and this. Even if you don't get better at that moment, you still believe it's still working. It's getting its way through. I've got such confidence in the word of God because Jesus is my healer. Amen? He is my physician. And he's not only my healer. He's your healer too. Amen? So you can make him real to you even his promises can be like yes and amen to you when he says he has given his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways. It should become so real to you that you are not afraid to be bewitched. You know, in the African context, people are very much afraid to be bewitched. Mm. So I, some of you have heard, I always say this, I've got a problem with a Christian who is afraid to be bewitched. I've got a problem with a Christian who keeps on saying people are bewitching him. Where is your God? Amen. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So what went wrong? So something is missing in you. So the problem is not those. The problem is in you. Okay? So that's why, okay, just finish that and we go to 1 John 4, 4 to 6 and put the same thing so that you may
1: understand that you are no ordinary person. Judas, not Iscariot, asked him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself, make yourself real to us, and not to the world? Jesus answered, If a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching. And my father will love him and will come to him and make our home abode, special dwelling place with him. Amen. So as you are going to first John chapter
0: 4, 4 to 6, New King James Version, let me explain to this. So Jesus says, If you love me, I will come and make my home in you. So it means Jesus dwells in me. Jesus lives in me, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a child of God. So can you also say Jesus lives in me? If you are a child of God, there's something special in you. You are no ordinary person because of the Jesus in you. So you say, he says, I will come and make myself real to him. So this part of revealing himself and making himself real to me, The more you walk with God, the more real he becomes to you. Because it's not like you're just guessing this or thinking about that or that imaginary thing. You know. You come to that point when you are believing God for something, you just know. You are praying for this thing and you feel that I don't have a breakthrough yet and you keep on praying, keep on praying, and there comes that point where you feel, now I've got a breakthrough, I just know I've got it. Even before I can see it with my natural eyes. And that's why I would have the joy of God. The joy of the Lord in me. So go to that first John chapter 4, 4 to 6, New King James Version. You are of God, little children. Hey, I like this. You know how, the, how God, I mean, imagine God just starts talking to you. You are of God. Can you tell somebody next to you? You are of God. Amen. So if I am of God, you still think I'm ordinary? Amen. I'm highly connected. And I'm highly favored.
1: Amen. Amen. I'm not on my own. You are of God, little children. Mm -hmm. And have overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Is that not straightforward? hmm So it means if they are still
0: overcoming you, there is something wrong. Because you are of God, little children. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in them. Amen? Okay, let's take a simple example of those who bewitch others. Which spirit do they use? Do they use the Holy Spirit? So they are using whatever spirit, isn't it? But that spirit is subservient to the spirit in you. So, the Jesus in you is more powerful than the spirits they are using. So, therefore, you should be unbewitchable as a child of God. You remember when Balaam said, because Balak went to Balaam and they wanted him to curse the children of God and to cast a spell on them. He said, When I try to Cast them, when I try to bewitch them, I just can't because God has already blessed them. And those whom God has blessed I cannot reverse the blessing. So I want you as a child of God to really treasure the treasure that's in you and live right before God that you don't open a door for the enemy to be able to access you. Because sometimes it's not that God is not powerful to cover you, but sometimes we get out of his protection. You remember when the children of Israel were doing, were in Egypt, and they were, the day when the firstborn of the Egyptians were killed. That night, it says they must make, uh, they should take blood and apply it on the doorposts and the lintels, and it says you must stay in the house until morning, because if you get out of the blood, you are vulnerable. That's why we've got a song, "I'm gonna stay right under the blood." Stay right under the blood. I'm gonna stay right under the blood. Where the devil can do me no harm. It means the devil is doing people harm. The devil is hurting people. The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I'm gonna stay right. Under the blood. I'm gonna stay right under the blood. I'm gonna stay right under the blood where the devil can do me no harm. So when fear tries to grip you and he tells you those people will get you. You need to say, I'm going to stay right under the blood. I'm going to stay right under the blood. I'm going to stay right under the blood. Where the devil can do me no harm. Verse 6, that first John chapter 4. We are of God. Oh, okay. Now, you see somebody speaks it for you and say you are of God, but there should come a time when you yourself speak it for yourself. I am of God. Can we say we are of God? We are of God. I, belong God. I belong to God. I am God's property. I'm God's property. I've got God's brand. God's brand. Amen. Amen. And when the devil looks at me, he needs to be seeing. That one-ish looks like God. And that should remind him Calvary when he was defeated. Amen. Amen. So we represent God on the earth. Go with me to the book of John chapter 10. Verse 33 to 38 we will read in the NLT, New Living Translation. This one I will need to explain it nice because (coughs) some people call... Ancestors, people who have passed away some time ago, they call them gods. Okay? Now I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about, I'll show you the ones I want to talk about here. So, when you have God in you, when you've got God's nature in you, so, let's say now, I've got God in me. I'm one with God. The other one next to me has got God in them and they're one with God. The other one has got God in them, they're one with God. I become a God with small g. I am a God. Not because I'm a God like what you guys call the ancestors. I am God because of God's nature in me. So I only become a God because of God in me. I know it's a bit tricky, but let's see how Jesus explains it. Go to that John chapter 10. And I want to show you why I'm showing you this one. John chapter 10, 33 to 38. It was the time when Jesus was saying, Jesus actually during his time, he said, he used to say, I'm God, I'm the son of God. And people say, but you are a mere human being. How can you compare yourself with God? And Jesus answered. Okay, so they wanted to stone him. And they were saying, you are blaspheming. How can you being a mere man can equal yourself with God? Obviously, if God is in me, if I'm created in his image, then I've got God in me, isn't it? So look at this, John 10, 33 to 38. And I'll show you why, I'll tell
1: you why I'm telling, showing you this. They replied, we are, stoning, we are stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. Did you see that? They were seeing him as a mere
0: man. And they say, you a mere man claiming to be God?
1: Continue. Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures. In the book of Psalms. Uh That God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods. So God himself said, you are gods. Why? Why? Okay, continue. And you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods. So who were called gods? Ancestors.
0: Eh? Read your Bible, man. (laughs) Who were called gods? Ancestors. Those people who received the message of God. Why? Because they've received God's nature in them. Amen. Now, their identity, their brand is that of God. Amen. So it's like anything that I do as a child of God. I don't do it in my own authority. I do it as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. So that's why if somebody is sick and I lay hands on them. By the way, the laying on of hands. It's not just for pastors. Any of you, the Bible says in the book of Mark 16, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So you can lay hands and believe and say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that you are healed. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. And the God in you, God's power in you, God's nature in you will touch that person.
1: So continue it. And you know that the scriptures can, cannot be altered. So, if those people who receive God's message were called God's, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the Son of God? So, why, why would you call it blasphemy? So, he says, why do you call it blasphemy?
0: Because if, if they have received the word, they become one with him. They are
1: identified in him. Continue. After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous work I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the father is in me and I'm in the father. Do you get that? So it means when I
0: do the things (coughs) of the father, it's because of the father in me. It is not me doing those works. It is God himself doing his work through me. You get that? So the challenge only comes in when you are now cursing people. When you are swearing. When you are gossiping. That can't be Jesus, isn't it? Eh? So who, who, who is that now? Is the old man alive again? The one who was crucified with Christ? Because you need to be able to say, what I'm doing, it is the Father in me doing his work. Even when the way I talk with you, I talk with you as a representative of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Read it in John 14, 10 to 12, NIV. John 14, 10 to 12, NIV. I want you to understand this because if you can understand that Jesus is in you, you are not ordinary person. You will treasure and even protect the treasure that is in you. You will not sell your treasure like you remember Esau, the firstborn, Isaac, who sold his birthright for a morsel of bread. You remember that story? Yeah. He thought that it's not, uh, even if I'm first born and I've got the birthright and that, what does this have to do with? And when he sold that for a morsel of bread, you remember what he lost. So it's the same thing, even in the days we are living in. Do you know that there are Christians who can sell their Christianity for a morsel of bread? For a bit of money here, for a bit of bribe there? Don't accept bribes. You can't sell your Christianity for a morsel of bread. Don't even sell your body if you are a lady. You you are more precious than a morsel of bread. So you can't sell it. You need to say to them, I'm so precious to God that I can't do this. Amen. Because I, I value what God has made me to be. I value the treasure that is in me. So
1: listen to it. John 14, 10 to 12 NIV. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Do you see now how Jesus used to do? He says, what I'm speaking to you is not me speaking. Mm-hmm. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. I want us to grow to that point where we are able to say, what I'm doing, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Mm-hmm. Continue. Continue. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than this because I'm going to the Father. Did you see that? So now you will understand this verse better. So if Jesus now is living, you know when Jesus was on
0: the earth, He was not living in us. When he was on the earth, he would go to places and heal people. He would go places and preach the gospel. You remember that? But when he left, now he says, now he wants to dwell in us. So when he is now in me, he still wants to continue his work, but he's doing it now through me. You get that? So it means now Jesus in me, I have to allow him to do his work. Even when I'm preaching to you now, if it was during the time of Christ and this was the thing, it would be Jesus himself preaching to you. So, but on behalf of Christ, I'm preaching to you. On behalf of Christ, you do what you need to do for the kingdom of God. And it is the Father in you who does his work. Go to Galatians 2.20, King James Version. Galatians 2.20, King James Version. Because, as I'm saying to you, you need to treasure what is in you. But you also don't, you see, because we, you know when we get born again, we retain the same body, isn't it? When you get born again, your body doesn't get born again. That's why your body still has worldly desires. Because it's not born again. Okay? You get reborn in your spirit. You become a new person in Christ in your spirit. Okay, so you have to allow the spirit of God to rule and guide your life and no longer be dictated to by this flesh. There are many things in this world that would t- try to pull you back. The desires of the flesh will try to pull you back. But you've got a treasure in you that you need to protect. You've got a treasure in you that you need to
1: To treasure. So look at this. Galatians 2.20, KJV. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I want you to just understand this thing. (laughs) So Paul says, I am crucified
0: with Christ. So when you are crucified, you're supposed to die, isn't it? Yeah, when Jesus was on the cross, he was crucified, he died. So he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live because you see me living. He says, no, actually, it's not me living. It is Christ living in me. Do you have that revelation as a child of God? Can we come to that point where even the things that we do, I say it is not me, it is Christ in me who is doing his work. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel that God is using. So therefore you can't even be proud. Where is the room for pride if it's not you? Because it's God in you doing his work through your flesh. So I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I know other translation says, I live by the faith in the Son of God. Why I like it in the King James. It says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, the faith that I'm exercising now is, I'm using Jesus' faith. So if I'm using Jesus' faith, then I should get the same result that Jesus used to get. Because he then says, the works that he used to do, He wants us to continue doing that. Now I'm living in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God. So when I say those of you who are sick and not feeling well in your body, I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm very confident that God will heal you because it is Jesus himself touching you. When you are trusting God for something, have that confidence that it is Jesus himself in me and he's doing his work. So, Let me start winding down, then we go for the baby. So let's look at this thing. I want to combine the issue of what we're talking about, the presence of God, the manifested presence of God, and this thing of Jesus in me. I want to connect that so that you can then see how much power is at your disposal. Amen? (coughs) Because some of you, when you face challenges here on the earth, sometimes you say, Where is God that we are going through all this? It's like God doesn't see. It's like God doesn't hear. Can I give you a certain scripture? Let me just quote it for you. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he says, I will give you, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. So other translation says, I give you the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited, or whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. That's the power you have. So it means instead of saying, God, why are things like this? You have the authority. You have the power. So when he gives you the power, the key, he expects you to use the key. He will not use the key for you. Amen? So that's why coming to church benefits. Because when you are now in church, you are then trained how to use the key. Because some of you you don't even know that you've got the key. And you're getting wet. It's raining out there. There is a room for you. You were supposed to open and get in. But you're still saying, if it's his will. Why did he give you the key? It means it's his will that you get in. Use the key. But if you're not getting training, you will be wet even with the key. That's why the Bible says in the book of Hosea 4.6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are perishing for lack of knowledge. In other words, you're perishing not because God's power is not available for you, because you lack knowledge. That's why it's very important not to miss church, not to miss training. You are like soldiers who are in a training now. When you go out there, you face things in the world, but if you are equipped, if you are well trained, you don't have a problem to face the enemy because you are well equipped to handle him. So let's wind down with, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 in the voice translation I like this verse in the voice translation I think I typed it last week also second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 in the voice translation so I want to show you something that then as much as I know that I'm a child of God I've got Jesus in me I need to spend time in his presence I need to spend time in the word. Some of you, you hear us quoting scriptures and speaking the word and all that, and you think, just came by sleeping on it. No. It's not diffusion. You know when we used to start, they used to say, diffusion. What's the definition of diffusion? Movement from high concentration to a low concentration. So it's not like, and then it will move from high concentration to low concentration. No. You've got to spend time in the Word. So I like what Jesus says in the book of Matthew. He says, the kingdom of God is like a treasure hid in a field. That which when a man finds, he goes and sells everything he has to get the treasure. You need to treasure the things of God so much that you are able to make time for God. You are able to make time to pray make time to study the word make time to come to church make time to come to prayer meetings because you want to draw from god you are a child of god yes but there is the responsibility of staying connected with him so read it for us second corinthians chapter 3 verse
1: 18 in the voice translation now all of us with our faces unveiled Reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. Okay, so let's start there. You can only reflect
0: something as if you are a mirror, if that mirror is close to that something. Okay? So if you are a mirror, and we put you close to the soul piece, what will you reflect? Huh? Soul piece. Move on, Because we put you next to the mirror. So if you are a mirror and we put you next to the word, what will you reflect? The word. A mirror does not make its own images. Tell your neighbor, a mirror does not make its own images. So if you go to a mirror and you realize you look like whatever, don't fight with the mirror. Okay? The mirror only reflects... What it's exposed to. So it says here now all of us with our faces unveiled reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. So it means for me to reflect the glory of God, I need to be close to that glory. I need to be close to God. So if I'm spending time with God, this is what happened with Moses. Moses veiled his face, but it says with us, our faces unveiled. So Moses would go to the presence of God, spend time with God. When he would come back to people, people would see his face shining, radiating, because it was the mirror reflecting what he was close to.
1: Okay? But with us, we reflect the glory of God as if we are mirrors. Continue. And so we are being transformed, metamorphosed, into the same image from one radiance of glory to another, just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. Okay. I want you to understand this verse. This verse is loaded. It says
0: we are like mirrors when we reflect the glory of God because we are close to this glory. We get transformed or metamorphosed. We are transformed into what? Into his same image. So... Let's say now I put myself next to the word that says, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. That is what I'm exposing myself to. Now, I get transformed into the same image that I've exposed myself to. Then I get healed. That's how some of us get healed. Spend time in the presence of God and reflect on God's goodness. Take the word of God that says, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. Confess that word. Speak that word. You then reflect that. You then get metamorphosed. You get transformed, changed from your state to the state of the word in front of you. Now, if I've got a need and I go to the word of God, I look for scriptures where the Bible says, if I'm a tither, the Lord will open windows of heaven for me. And pour me out blessings that I will not have room enough to receive. He will rebuke the devourer for my sake. So as I spend time next to that weed, then my situation gets transformed, metamorphosed into the same image. So Mr. MJ just read that again, into his same image. So in other words, it's, it can not be a different image if it's a mirror. A mirror does not create its own images. So, If we are like mirrors, we should be careful what we are exposing ourselves to. Because that's what you will reflect.
1: Now, all of us, with our faces unveiled, reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. And so we are being transformed, metamorphosed into his same image. I like that issue of the same
0: image. Because some of you, you want healing, but you're spending time in things that make you sick. You're keeping on saying, I'm catching a flu. That's not how you get healed, that's how you catch a flu. You know that. You know if I say, it's getting winter now, you see flu flu virus is all over here and we're all going to catch a flu. That's how to catch a flu. That's not how to get healed. Isn't it? Because you are exposing yourself, then you will become into the same image. Isn't it? But imagine if I say, as for me, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not the temple of sicknesses. As for me, I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. The life of Jesus is manifested in my body. Then, because I'm exposing myself to that word, then I get transformed into that image. So it means whatever you want to become, expose yourself to that. If you want to be defeated, spend time with defeated people. That's a good recipe. Amen? Yeah, if you want to fail, spend time with failures. Actually, you will think you are better than them. You know that some of you feel comfortable among failures because there's no challenge there. You actually feel better because at least... Better than this one. But if you want to aspire for success, spend time with successful people. Amen? Amen. Amen? Yes. And who is more successful than God? Spend time with God. And then you will be transformed into the same image. And I told you that when you are transformed into the same image, I made a simple example of a magnet. And now, the Mutangwes, you must be getting ready for the baby dedication. So I gave an example of a magnet said if you take a magnet and you rub, you you take a piece of steel and rub it against a magnet, that piece of steel becomes magnetic. Why? Because it was rubbed against the magnet. So if you take an ordinary person and rub them in the presence of God, what will they become? So if you say, When you are rubbed against, the piece of steel is rubbed against magnet, it becomes magnetic. So if you are rubbed against God, you become what? (laughs) You become gods. (laughs) Because you can't come (laughs) godidic. So, the magnet becomes magnetic, that piece of steel. And now, you know what happens with that piece of steel? It becomes so magnetic that it behaves like a magnet. You take that piece of steel and now put it next to these uh, money clips, the, those uh, steel money clips. what does it do? It picks them as if the magnet itself was picking it. So that's what happens with you as a child of God. Now when you spend time with God, when you go out there, you do things as if it's God himself doing it. But if you spend much too much time away from God, what happens with that piece of magnet when it's spend a lot of, the piece of steel that was rubbed against magnet, if it spends too much time away from the magnet, what happens to it? It loses the magnetism and it becomes ordinary, like anybody else. So the mutengues, you can come to the four.